Well, welcome everybody to A Coach's Perspective. This is Jenny Hopkins, your host, and this show is presented to you by Great Southern Bank. They are one of my favorite teams in the entire area, and we're so grateful for their involvement in this show. Great Southern Bank is serious about convenience. With nearly 100 banking centers in six states, hundreds of ATMs, and mobile and online banking services, you're always in touch with your money. Learn more at greatsouthernbank.com, member FDIC. Other sponsors that we're grateful for and handpicked include Highland Dairy, Craig Lehman with Shelter Insurance, Bill Grant Ford and Bolivar, Story Construction, West Logging, Greg and Melinda Burnett, and Springfield Yard Cards. You know, any of our past shows, if you want to go and listen to them, they are archived on our website at coachesperspective.com. They are also on Apple Podcasts. They are on Spotify, Verbal, and they are on Helium Satellite Radio, all under a coach's perspective. Well, let's get to our guest. I'm very excited to to have with us tonight and, and kind of catching up with him because, you know, he is hard to keep up with. Um, he is all over the place. He is kind of a one-man show at the Springfield News Leader. Um, but Wyatt Wheeler, um, he, you know, he's in his uh, seventh year of covering sports. And, you know, he's a native of normal Illinois. And he's been covering sports in the Ozarks longer because he was also a student at Missouri State University when he was hired at the Springfield News Leader. And so for almost nine years now, he has been covering sports in this area. And plus, we all, you know, remember he had a uh, pretty tremendous uh, stint as Art Haynes' co-host on Sports Talk. Um, he used to have a the Wyatt Wheeler podcast. Um, and you never know, that might come back. Who knows? Uh, but we're going to catch up with him, and we're going to pick his brain, and we're going to talk about um, how he chooses what he is writing and, and, and how he picks and chooses where he has to go because he can't be in more places than one, no, much, no matter how bad he wants to be. So we're going to pick his brain, and we're going to see what he's got coming up next. All right? So Wyatt Wheeler, take a listen. Well, I want to welcome to the show, no stranger to the airwaves here on the jock. I want to welcome in studio Wyatt Wheeler. I'm back. Yes. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, um, well, full disclosure, we're not in the studio. We, we met somewhere else for this interview. Yeah, no, this is, uh, this is a high-tech place. I mean, you, you've, <laughs> got, uh, you, you've got security cameras all over, and uh, I you mean, you, you really are, uh, have everything on lockdown, so I was, I was kind of scared coming in here. <laughs> Yes, definitely. All right, well, let's talk a little bit. I, I kind of want to do a little bit of, a, you know, a lot of listeners know who you are, all right? They know um, your articles, they know your series, they know, um, you know, they follow you on social media. But I do want to kind of start a little bit from the grassroots. Um, tell us, maybe they don't know what your start was in journalism. Why, why is it that uh, you decided to pursue a career in journalism? Well, I wanted to do sports. Um, I knew I, that's, that was everything to me growing up. And I was I was really good at sports through junior high. I was about six foot one, taller than most people, more athletic than most people. And then I stopped growing. And then everybody else kept growing. And then everybody else got more athletic. So I quickly realized this, uh, I'm not going to be able to do anything. I didn't want to be a I didn't want to be a kid that just hung around, kept trying to do the sports. So um, just tried to find the next best thing. So. Um, by the time I got my senior year, I got to a journalism class and did some writing. I've always read newspapers, looked at box scores and everything, and grew up loving it. And uh, I remember I wrote a piece, and our editor of the school paper in high school said, Wow, Wyatt, you can actually write. And <laughs> I, I, I never forgot that. I never forgot that. So 
um, I decided right there, this is what I want to do. Um, I always liked video editing and all that as well, but um, ended up going to college wanting to be a uh, writer for in journalism. So um, I did two years at Northern Illinois, um, miserable, um, very cold, <laughs> walking the class backwards when it's neg- negative 30 degree wind chill. Oh my um, just so it's not blowing right. in your face is um, what well, was miserable. So I, I decided to transfer there. I wasn't happy there. Um, so I, my brother, two years younger than me, was start was looking around at colleges around that time. So I tagged along on a visit and he went, he did Missouri state and I came down here. I had a best friend on the baseball team from when we were 10 years old. Um, he showed me around campus one day and just decided I liked it. Uh, I had family that's always been in the area, been going to silver dollar city for free because my (laughs) grandparents worked there my entire life. So I knew the area, and that's where I wanted to be, so um, did that, immediately got involved with the school newspaper, um, did that for two years. I did one as just, a, just as a staff writer, then I was a sports editor throughout a crazy season with lots of different news and sports, and um, it was just an insane year with a lot of different stuff, and then some layoffs and stuff happened over at the newsletter to where I was an intern, um, just kind of right place at the right time as, as nicely as I can put that because I, I love the people that I, I'm still friends to this day with people who had to get laid off in front for things to fall on my lap in a way for me to get this job. And, uh, that happened about six years ago and about to start up my se- start up my seventh year full-time. And uh, I was still a full-time student while I was a full-time employee at the News Leader. And it was absolutely miserable. Did not do well in classes <laughs> and to where I had to take a break and do it over the summer, doing, do, finish up during the summer during some uh, lighter time. But... Um, got all that done and just have loved the area and love the stories and love the kids and adults that I interact with daily ever since. What, what would you say is probably the biggest difference? What was, what was the transition like going from, you know, a university newspaper to the newsleader? Oh, everything. I, I mean, <laughs> I, I did try to mimic with my sports editor duties, just like, write the story the night of, get it online, try to get people to read it online. Because you, you, you know when you're going through and observing just how the digital world is, how, oh, newspapers are dying. But do you need to be good at the content and get, being good at the writing and everything to where I was practicing a lot of that. But then when I get to the news leader, you got to change your entire mindset as to what's a good story how do you approach writing headlines and attracting people to read your stories? And especially when you are the only one at the paper and you have to decide, should I go to, should I cover this Missouri state sport? That's not basketball or football or baseball when I could cover something else over here. That's better. That's going to get more attention. Um, those are difficult decisions I have to make yeah, er- every, every the single day. Yeah, department meetings. You oh, know, yeah. Bouncing around, looking in a mirror, going, where should I go? Oh, yeah. No, I mean, it's it's a lot of strategy, and it's something that, I, I mean, I, I admit that I was really bad my first year. 
I, I don't think I, I, it was probably fine, but I'm really hard on myself. Let me make sure I'm recording. Like, Hold on. Yes. Okay. Good. Got it. <laughs> I, I was I was not good my first year. It's just like I I, I that I, that whole first year. That's the Paul Lusk year before he got fired at Missouri when he was getting fired at Missouri State. Um, and you're and I was the one. I was the face of this newspaper that had six, seven sports reporters at right. one point writing. You know, they had a they had a writer that was dedicated to whether it was Drury and Evangel. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't go to those games just because of some of those analytical numbers and stuff mm-hmm. that I have to do that drives what I do. So, I mean, I'm the face of, oh, Wyatt came in here and he changed all these things when really I'm just listening behind the scenes and seeing what I'm supposed to do to where that was really hard on me. And that was that was a whole year where – I'm I'm treated for depression now. I wasn't then. Uh, that right. that's what kind of pushed me over the edge mm-hmm. to say, hey, this needs to get uh, this needs to get. I need to get some help here. Can have been. Uh, I'm thankful for it now. But and I and I know that first year when I was not very good, it really turned me into a better reporter for the long haul. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it was year two, year three, got some different bosses along the way to where we were able to expand on creativity and trying to get people covered in different ways um, to where we are where we're at right now and I think we found a groove and um, they trust me and everything but it's it's been a difficult path Mm -hmm. Um, but I love this area and I love what I do so it's uh it's just constant it's an incredible amount of work Mm -hmm. I put in every single day um to where I'm just trying to get as much as I can out there. Well, and I know that, you know, you, you have to decide what you cover and what you don't cover. And I know numbers drive that. And, um, I, you know, I think that's really important for people to understand. But at the same time, there are times where people are like, why is he writing about this? What, you know, wh- how, why is he choosing to cover this when this was going on? Um, expand a little bit on that, on how you make your choices on what you're going to cover. Yeah, it's uh, it's something that I look at usually before the week begins, maybe a little bit ahead. I, I know I'm going to be at a Missouri State football game. I know I'm going to be at the basketball games. I, I'll look ahead um, in the high school schedules and see the, try to decide which ones are at. But usually, but what I go back to. Right. And what I go back to, especially over the summer when I'm not writing every single press release that comes through every single um, little bit, little bits of news that comes through. I'm looking for the best stories. Um, I and that's something I've really enjoyed kind of taking a step back and looking at is what are the best stories that I can tell? Because I, I mean, I, I've done the series on the Missouri State men's basketball team from 2006. I remember that so vividly. Yeah, and I mean, I, I, I've been, and it's just, I, I look at that and I see the layers of that story that isn't just, oh, they were the 21 RPI and didn't make it. Um, there's layers to where Barry Henson, what's his, I mean, the legacy that would have ch- been totally different if he has an NCAA tournament. So, I mean, just the emo- the human aspect behind the scenes with him, players who are on that team, seniors that never got a chance to go, um, the whole university as a whole. Well, I mean, they don't fire Barry two years later if he makes a tournament. And, I mean, the entire 
last 17 years of Missouri State men's basketball history is thought of a little bit differently, and you probably don't end up with Conzo Martin, but you still pro- you probably don't end up with Paul Lusk. You probably don't end you probably don't even end up with Dana Ford right, right. now, so to where there's just this butterfly effect of different things. So I, I look at that, and it's just like. There's a good story in there, and there are a lot of good stories behind that so one story. So what brought story. that up now? Why why cover that now? It's a summer, and <laughs> I, it's a go. summer, and I like to I I like to find a story that I just yes. something that fascinates me. Right. Um, so I look at some things I have written down, just like this story I want to do, this story I haven't had time to get to. Right. And I look at that, and it's just like okay, nobody's really done this really in depth Barry Henson story yet. Um, to just see. His career is over as a head coach. What does he think of it? Does he have? Is he angry? Right. Is, right. He, is he mad at people? Is he still yes. sad? To where I, to where I look at that, I'm just like that's an that's there's a story there. Right. Um, even though even if even if it is years later, I, I just mm-hmm. think there are a lot of human elements that um, I, I love, and I, I mean those interviews were incredible and. I uh, have enjoyed putting that out here recently. Well, I, and I can say I, I, I'm a big Dana Ford fan. I think he's fantastic, very knowledgeable, very motivating. I think he does a good job. Um, but here, but Barry Henson is one of my all-time favorite coaches in any sport, and he just uh, was such a uh, a personality and such a presence, and he he just cared so much. So I think it is worth you know telling a little you know that side of it, the human side of it, instead of just the number side of it. And, and I mean that's when you look at audiences these days um you're trying to you're you're trying to attract the biggest audience you can so you look at you're not just looking at the the x's and o's and the scores and results i think i I, we had somebody stop by the office today it's just like i don't really read sports but i accidentally read this one and can't and got hooked on it it's just because (laughs) it's because of those human elements that everybody can relate to um especially when i mean you look at this is something that was out of Barry's control. It doesn't, doesn't matter if they won one more game or lost one more game. Mm-hmm. He didn't do anything. There was, a, there was a committee in a room that said, man, they're not good enough. Let's yeah. not put them in. And it right. changes the course of the university and his life forever. Mm-hmm. It's just stories like that that it, it doesn't matter who's reading it. It's, it's so what somebody's going to be interested in, I, whether it's a kid that – has sick parents or something. I mean, it, peop- it doesn't take a sports fan to read that and try to connect to those kids. So It's relatable. It's relatable. So I, I love – those are my favorite stories to tell. Um, instead of just, uh, oh, here, here's why Missouri State won or lost today. It's, uh, I, I like going down those – I like – trying to figure out the people and tell a good story well and and being able to um, resurrect this conversation if you will could help in the future like we didn't forget what happened you know so it's something that could be a message oh yeah yeah i mean there are ways to just say oh there's a problem in here there's a um here's here's how it can be adjusted but um there there are so many especially any any type of story that you try to go after um, uh, there's a way to make it impact, and that's uh, that's another important part to whatever you decide to do. Excellent. All right, well, we're going to take our first break, and when we come back, we're going to continue with Wyatt Wheeler here on A Coach's Perspective. I want to thank Great Southern Bank for being our presenting sponsor. We'll be right back here on A Coach's Perspective.
Well, welcome back to A Coach's Perspective. This segment is sponsored by Highland Dairy. Highland Dairy is owned by dairy farmers, and they've been providing a great selection of nutritious dairy products since 1938. It's a proven fact, scientific studies, professional dietitians, that the ideal sports beverage recovery drink available to athletes after a workout, they all agree, is chocolate milk. And Highland Dairy has the best tasting chocolate, and they're a proud sponsor of A Coach's Perspective. I have Wyatt Wheeler here and we're, you know, I'm kind of excited to be catching up with you and, and just pick your brain. Um, you know, you've been a, a one man show. I know you have some freelance that, that help you here and there, but you're, you're really the one man show that, that keeps the sports going and the news leader. And, um, that's a, that's a difficult job. It definitely is a difficult job. All right. So there's been some tremendous reporters that have came through over the, the, the decades. I mean, just off the top of my head, Scott Perrier and Lyndall Scranton and Larry Scott Hazel, Perrier. <laughs> Hazel Rick. Mm. Uh, no, I, I love Marty Scott. Elton. Oh, I love, uh, there, yeah. There's so East many, Tucker. and that's one thing that I've been thankful about because they, there were some that were pretty hard on me that first year because I was yes. the face of a lot right. of it. But um, just being around Lyndall um, is awesome. I, I mean, that's a, that's somebody I've looked up to. Jim Connell used to work. Jim was, Connell, yeah. He's he was on right my before list. Marty me. Edelman, yeah. Jim's one of my best friends in the world still. Mm. I mean, I love that guy. And uh, Scott Purrier's become a friend and uh, somebody I can always lean on to. He probably so. gets your sense of humor, too. Oh, he gets it, too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I have a lot of fun with Scott. No, I love Scott. Yeah, good. So, so all of those, you know, what was it like to follow People like that that um, had, you know, they, again, to be fair, they had six or seven. You know, Joplin has five full-time sports writers, and now you're down to one. What is it like, one, to follow them, and how do you feel like there's kind of a tradition to keep up, but you're doing the work of five or six people? You know, I tried to not think of it that way pretty early on, but then I got to know a lot of them. And for some of these pieces where I go back and look at um, past newspapers, past coverage, you don't you want to do well for some of the for some of those people that uh put as much time as they did before you or whether it is Jim Connell whether it is Lindell who did Missouri State stuff for a long long right. time uh per- He's an encyclopedia oh yeah i mean <laughs> Purrier just uh i mean he's he's still got a wealth of knowledge of uh high school stuff all over the area he i mean he's some I, I like to ruffle feathers every once in a while, get under some uh, some people's skin, and what? And, and nobody <laughs> did that more than he did. I right, mean, the stories sure. that I get, hear about Perrier to every time I, every time someone brings him up, it's like God, that guy, or just uh, <laughs> that guy. He wrote something about us back in the day, but uh, <laughs> you do want it's it's not more of a it's not a pressure, but it's more of a motivation to mm-hmm. try to keep a proud thing going because there was uh, it's. It is a scary time in this business to where, you know, if you don't do as well as that, people are going to be turned off and want to go away. And you know, who knows if who knows what would happen if I wasn't able to find a way to succeed with a lot of the sports stuff, if we'd even have a sports department these days. So um, it, it's it, I just know that I, where I'm going to leave it, if I if I ever win, I probably ever decide to move on. Um, that it's going to be in a good spot for whoever comes in and fills. Right. It is good that it has kept going because we don't want to lose, the, you know, the sports. We've oh. got some other entities, of course, um, but I think that that's a great attitude to have. And so I, I know the answer to this next question, which kind of segues from some of these journalists that we were just speaking about. But who who is your journalistic 
mentor? I already know the answer to this. <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely you. No, oh, I, yeah, good one. Uh, <laughs> I've got I've got a lot of great ones. I mean, Jim Connell. I keep bringing him up. He's, yes. he was such a great friend to me. When he had, he could have been so bitter towards me in the very beginning because he was he was one of the, he was one of the last ones to it, it go through one of those layoffs before. Um, before they, before I became the full-time guy, um, and just, and I bring up that first year and how hard it was on me for him to be the friend he was to me. I don't know what would have happened if, how I would have handled it if he wasn't. So, I mean, he's he, he, he's been a great friend to me for the entire time I've lived in Springfield. Um, and you, you know, my mental, my Art Haynes. Is I, just, I was waiting. That's it, the one I, I, <laughs> I, I gotta, I have to plug in Jim, but Art has been, I mean, I, I, I told people before I, before I started doing sports talk with him, ju- I mean, when, when you say, would you like to sit down for two hours a day with Art Haynes? We weren't as close as we are now back then. But do you want to sit? Do you want to do a show two hours a day with Art Haynes? It's just like, oh, where do I sign up? Right. Uh, because uh, you know how respected that guy is in the area. Um, you know how beloved he is in the area, to where I jumped all over that. And the two and a half years that we were able to do that show together, wouldn't trade it for anything. Uh, I just yeah. get, getting to know the man and loving the man, just being as good of friends as we are um, to this day. Um, and learning. I mean, he's he's the encyclopedia. He <laughs> he's, is, I mean, he he's somebody I could text right now and he'd get back to me with whatever answer. Right. And I mean, he's uh, he, he's just he's the man of this town to me and uh, just has turned into an unbelievable friend um, that I didn't go into it thinking, oh, I'm going to be this is going to be one of my best friends I've ever had. <laughs> right, right. I, I mean, it, it, there's a little bit of a gap between us, generational gap between <laughs> us. But uh, just getting to know him, and I, I know you feel the same way about him, um, just one of the best people that you could ever have in your life. I have always called him my journalistic Yoda. I would call him and say, Yoda, I need some guidance here. And he, he was. I mean, when I transitioned from coaching after two and a half decades and said, I'm going into broadcasting, he, he couldn't have, no one could have been more supportive no. than him and more encouraging. Oh, and he'll set down, he'll set aside time and he'll do whatever you ask right. him to do. Uh, it's, uh, it, it's been, it, it, I, it's, 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 when I think back to just the beginning and to where we are now, even with this past these past ten months and how difficult they've been, um, th- this is one of the best friends I've ever had, and uh, and I tell people all the time, especially throughout these ten months, for as kind and as heartfelt as he was on the air for as long as he was, because people got to know him and love him. He's even more of that behind the scenes, and that's something that I try to um, try to get uh, try to let people know all the time. Right. A lot of people will say, what's he like when he's not on air? And I'm like, he, he's like he's on air. I mean, he's genuine. That's who he is. And so that is pretty incredible. A little more ornery. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, a little yeah. more ornery. Now, I go to <laughs> – if I'm at the doctor's office or with him or if I'm at a, at the hospital with him and if they come in or they introduce themselves like, hey, I'm going to be taking care of you. My name's blah, blah, blah. I'm like, hey, you got you got yourself somebody is like, this one can throw a fight. And it's like, you, he's like <laughs> – He's just like, shut, shut it, Wyatt. But sure. no, we, we have a lot of fun still. Don't yeah. worry. 
fantastic. I think that's fantastic. I know he thinks a lot of you as well. All right, we're going to take another break. And uh, when we come back, we're going to continue chatting with Wyatt Wheeler and catching up with him. Um, and I appreciate your time and being here. And I also want to thank Highland Dairy for sponsoring this segment along with Greg and Melinda Burnett as they support local and thoughtful radio. We'll be right back here on A Coach's Perspective. Welcome back to A Coach's Perspective. Um, this segment is sponsored by Bill Grant Ford in Bolivar. They know cars, they know trucks, they know SUVs, they know how to keep their customers happy and loyal. I've been one of them for over 25 years. Kelly Grant and Shane Rainey, they will take care of you. Give them a call at 417-326-7671. They will find exactly what you are looking for. Also, thank you to West Logging for sponsoring this segment. Go to westlogging.com. You can contact Danny West for a free consultation, and he's going to treat your land like his own. And we're also very grateful for Craig Lehman with Shelter Insurance and his involvement in a coach's perspective. All right, welcome back, and, and we are here with Wyatt Wheeler and catching up with him and picking his brain as a journalist. And, I, you know, I, I want to – we talked about your mentor, and we talked about Art Haynes, and um, he's a pretty cool guy, yes. Um, I, I think that one of the things that I'd like to segue into next is to talk about um, just the growth of um, digital media versus print media because you have a social media presence. Um, so I, I want to ask, what do you – when you are – you know, putting in an article, that's one thing. But let's say you're posting something on social media. Uh, what do you think about when you're posting on social media? And I'm asking that question like, what do you think about? Not what are you thinking about? Well, I mean, <laughs> if, if you're if you're up to date on a lot of that stuff, it's more of a what are you <laughs> thinking about? I, I think a lot of people would agree with you there. <laughs> but no, I, I want to be different. I, I want to be myself at the same time. I think that's one yeah. thing that's really worked for me. Um, is that I'm just me. Um, and I'm not going to pretend to be anyone else. Um, I, I, know I, I know I could be goofy or whatever, but I, I want people to be able to connect with me. I'm not just this journalist robot that's out here to post, post things. I want to be a person um, to where I have some great relationships with a lot of, whether it's followers and people I, and readers and people I interact with every day it's a really cool thing that um, been able to grow and establish over the last six plus years is that there are people that I I mean they motivate me to be, do better at my job too just like hey these are the people I write for I want to continue to write better for them and I have a ton of kids who follow me and I just want to be able to connect with them while I'm still a little youthful I'm getting up there <laughs> in age I got to go get my hip um, put back into place every two weeks right oh now. So it's there's I just I want to be able to be there, be a human for these kids. But and it does. Ch I, I want to say something different too. Sure. I, I don't want to be saying the same thing. I don't want to be. I don't have to support everything. I don't have to be like, oh, great job, everything. I want to say something different. Sure. Be critical when. Uh, when it's time to be critical and be fair and be say when things are going well at the same time. Well, I think sometimes it, it generates conversation. Yeah. Um, but the trade-off is that you take some criticism. So how do you handle that? I don't care about them. You don't care <laughs> <about> <laughs> But no. you just said you do care about no, them. No, <laughs> I, 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 I've developed yeah. some thick skin over the years. It's yeah. been uh, – there was some – I, I go back to that first year a couple times throughout this, and it's just like that was a really tough one because I took everything to heart. Right. But 
I've done better at muting people who are just there sure. to there to harass and and be a be a moron, uh, uh, <laughs> blocking people if I think they're bad for my mental health, and um, and I have a strong support system behind me. So um, you know, whether that's my parents, my brother, sister, girlfriend, I, I just have uh, and mentors as well. I do have a lot of people who there who are there to support me. And I've done a better job at setting the phone aside, and uh, to when it's an, when I'm done for the day sure. working, I I'll set my phone aside and not worry about what's on there. And if I have something come to mind that I want to put out there, um, I'll put it out there. But it's something I've done better at. I think I'm still learning to get better at. But I also want to be there to interact with whether it's the people I cover or the people I'm writing for. I appreciate you sharing that. Um, I think one of the things too that that people have to well, you know what you're describing. You're describing a coach. That's what coaches go through. You know, you work very hard, very diligently. You want to throw as much emotion and passion into what you're doing. You want to be good at it. Um, you want to make sure it, but the first few years, you develop some thick skin because you take criticism. And and I think that's one thing, you, too, I think that is similar to you is, is that you have a public job. So people are going to criticize, and sometimes they just criticize to criticize sometimes they feel bad about their own lives so they've got to bring up you know do something about their insecurities but i think that being able to filter through them is the key and that's what you learn i think with experience oh yeah no i've, I've grown that and uh it is a public job I, I mean it's i never thought i'd be at the be at this part in life where i would go out a, a journalist sports writer would go out to a movie theater there'd be a group of kids who recognize you in the theater <laughs> and want to take a picture with you in the well, movie that's theater. better than throwing popcorn at well you. i they i think they probably <laughs> did that afterwards right. or cussed me out behind the scenes or something i mean it i'm sure there are plenty of people who didn't come up and say hello to me and they're just like eh, there's that guy and it's just like didn't want to say anything to me so um no it, it's uh it, it's definitely it's something else and I, I'm, of course you get behind the keyboard and people feel like you can say anything right. yeah, i'm never gonna right. interact with this guy i'm gonna say something to him that um that i've never that i would never say to his face and um it, it's weird you, you just got to deal with that as well and uh there are keyboard warriors out there with names that don't even put their names on it sometimes right. so but yes. uh, you you're it's fine you get used to it and i've done this long enough to where it's just like i've got a great handle when i know that i know I'm, what i'm doing um and why i'm doing the things i do to where if if you have a if there's something that you have a problem with, I probably have a pretty good explanation for why I'm doing it. Right. How um how receptive are you to to responding to sometimes the morons <laughs> as you say that criticize you? You either block them or maybe give them an explanation. Yeah. And then so drop I, it. I I like to s I'll send them my email to where hey you don't have to post this in a public forum when you can talk to me just fine. Yeah. I mean I'm right here and I'm always open to talk. My fo my cell phone number's in the paper every single day. Um, and I've woken up to some angry people before and I give them a call and I talk to them and they were usually laughing by the end of it. Right. So, I, I mean, I'm not, I, I, am not this person that's trying to go out to have, get everybody. I, I like to do, th I, I, my favorite things to do are when I can throw my heart in it. But if there's something that I need to throw my angry brain into, <laughs> I mean, that's, <laughs> that's, uh, that sometimes happens, mm -hmm. but 
I try to. I just try to. I, I know you probably don't think so because it took you a couple tries to get me oh. um, by <laughs> by texting me and saying, "Hey, can we do this?" And, um, but I do try as hard as I can to get back to people who. Well, next time I need to say, "Hey, moron, would yeah. you text me back?" Oh yeah, no, no, do that for sure. I, I, I'd, okay, I'd respect. Your I'd respect that more. But I, I, these people are these people are pay, they're customers. Right. Uh, they're paying for your product. They're interacting with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're interested in what you're doing. So you you want to be able to hear them out and explain. Hey, the, it's usually an explanation of, "Hey, I th- I wish it could be that way still." Uh, this uh, you're used to one way and I was used to it one way as well but um, this is just the way I have to approach my job these days and I I would say they probably respect that factor that you're willing to talk with them and willing to do that Um, I think that makes a big difference Um, so can we go back a little bit and revisit you're pretty open about your mental health yeah pretty open about um, your depression and your anxiety Um, what is it that how you know if you've got an athlete that's listening right now or even you know just a younger person or an older person nobody is it's not age uh, discriminatory on anxiety and depression how do you handle it um, when you have um, some overwhelming anxiety what are some of your coping skills well I'm you bring up that I'm open about it um I think that really was a lift off of me to be, to be open about it. I mean, I didn't get help until after that first year. And that was always something where my family's had mental health problems. There's a history and I didn't want people in my family blaming themselves for me, for maybe passing that bad gene down to me um, to where I kept it coped up and wasn't out there as much there was there I didn't even get help I didn't even go to the doctor or anything I just knew that I had it for years um so that was probably I probably knew I had it from eighth grade on to uh, probably my senior what should have been my senior year of college should have been um but uh uh, but well, when I and a message is there to those younger people is ask for help earlier. Oh yeah, I mean, ask for help earlier. But right. uh, that, that I'm get I'm, well, I shouldn't have been as scared as I was. Uh, I should have known that I was going to have that support system behind me, whether it was family, parents, brother, sister, f- closest friends around me. So I, I should have known that there are ways. There are ways to get help that and you, and your people are going to be there to support you no matter what um so getting so getting past that and admitting and getting help when you need it's the the biggest step that was the biggest step for me and the reason i'm open about it now is just because uh, i i posted on social media i posted on my twitter maybe there is that one kid out there who is going through something because i have these kids following me on here joking around with me all the time but maybe they're going through something um so i i want that kid to feel comfort and knowing, hey, even this guy that wants to joke around all the time on the internet and seems like a happy guy, he can have some demons of his own behind there. I got help because I listened to a podcast. The um, Levitard show had a offensive lineman for the Chargers on, uh, Joseph Barksdale, years ago. It's an unknown name, but I remember the name because I listened to him open up about getting help and everything. And that influenced me to get help to, wit- to where – Maybe maybe something I say could push a kid even more. I mean, you look at all these other athletes, Michael Phelps. Uh, yes. You think of Kevin Love, just Jake Berger. Simone Biles. Simone yes. Biles, Jake Berger being the 
Missouri right. State Chicago White Sox guy mm-hmm. uh, being extremely open about it. So I, I, that's my thing is just being open about it to where it's okay if you're not okay. It's okay if you're not okay. People say that all the time, mm-hmm. uh, but that can push them to get help and um, people are going to love you and be there for you. Do you think there's a stigma, a, a change in the stigma of oh, mental yeah. health? Do you think it, because, you know, when I when I work with, with clients, I talk about how, what a strength it is for them to get help. Um, but that, you know, decades ago, it was it was viewed as a weakness. And now we're trying to say, no, 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 it's really a strength. Well, you, you, I deal with, I've been around athletes in my whole life. And I mean, you, you show you, no weakness. You, yeah. You've been around, no, you've been around athletes and yeah. you can't show weakness or right. else people are going to attack that. Opponents mm-hmm. are going to attack that Mm -hmm. but now it's so open to where you see all these different athletes having that help you see mental health professionals um most teams i believe every team has one i know missouri Mm -hmm. states um and they've been getting one and i mean that's gonna be a required thing across the country to where it's so open now to where that's gonna push some people to say hey i'm I'm gonna do this and get help and um they're gonna have that support system behind them whether it's their family whether it's their teammates friends and everybody else well thank you for being open about it i i appreciate that about you and i'm i'm proud of you for putting yourself out there to be able to say um you know this is something that i'm working on and it's a continual process every day every day yeah Yes. So, so what do you do for or release? What do you do for fun when you are not um, trying to figure out what story you're going to cover and how you're going to be in five places at once? What do you like to do for fun? <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> oh, I got nothing. See, that I'm was my segue to talk a little bit about your former producer, Abby. <laughs> it, no, <laughs> I'm. No, yeah, no. I, I love her to death. So I mean, she. I'm with her a lot. So I mean, that's uh, um, that hasn't died. I mean, there'll be seven months coming up from this uh interview so um (laughs) it's uh with her a lot she's kind of i mean i've she's really opened the doors to doing some things like getting out of the house i mean whether it's i've had to go to so many weddings this summer and i'm just so sick of all these weddings and people (laughs) i don't know um careful women start going to weddings a lot i told her i told her to stay the (laughs) hell away from that bouquet yeah it's just like you better it's like no it's like don't even think about it so (laughs) no she we've i've she's been uh, that's been some of the most fun i've had in a long long time yeah um so i mean she's she's pushed me to go i mean we're taking a vacation next week that I've I haven't been on a vacation. I was gonna say when have you been on vacation? I've never been on one. Oh my I'm I'm using as much PTO this summer as I have, like leading it. Like by the end of July, I'm gonna use more PTO in a single year than I have in any other year. <laughs> oh uh, I mean, that's another thing that right. you talk about mental health. That's not good. That is not good. <laughs> I you need have breaks, the release time. But, yes. but that's gonna be that's. I mean, that's something I have coming up. And I mean, that I love. I, I like going to the movies. I like hanging out with the family sure. um but uh I, I haven't been good at that but just trying to trying to she's expand helping a little you bit find some balance. She's, she's done she's helping me find a little bit of a balance yes i think you deserve <laughs> a little balance that's for sure and and she may be able to help you with the project that might be coming back in the works. I mean, wh- what about the Wyatt Wheeler podcast? Yeah, no, we we've we haven't done really any announcements yet, but there is something something in the works there. Um, teaser, a little bit of a teaser. So very excited. Um, uh, the the company's gonna the company's actually gonna help a little bit USA Today, and they're really excited about it. And um, we have a re- I think we have a really good plan in place to give listeners and readers 
something that's a lot different than anything in town. Uh, just a different approach to it. Um, and something that I really would have liked to have done with uh, the previous audio experience that I had. But uh, this is going to be, uh, this is something that I've really been excited about and thinking about for the last few months. Good, good. I'm glad to hear that. All right, so I have a game that I play every once in a while with guests called Fast Five. So there we you go. Got, you know, first thing that comes to your mind, all right? Um, like, like I might say, like favorite sports movie. That's not one of the questions, but yours would be? That's not one of the questions. Okay, it's going to be a fast, it's going to be a, a swift six. <laughs> <laughs> I like Friday Night Lights. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Here we go. Okay. Yeah. Very good. Very good. Okay. Ready? Here we go. Uh, favorite coach you've ever interviewed? Oh, da, 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 That's hard. Yeah. yeah. Picking, you're not supposed to have favorites, but not you're not supposed to be favorite biased. Favorite coach I've ever interviewed? I learned so much from Bobby Petrino. And I, I know there was the, I know people have their thoughts about Bobby P and just uh, just kind of the what he was, just some of the stuff they knew of him going in there, but I learned a lot, and th and that okay. was that was a really cool thing I never thought I'd get. All right, uh, what about favorite player? Favorite player, Could be high school or college? There's a few of them. I, I think one of my first favorites was Lily Johnson with uh, oh, Missouri State. Volleyball. She was so cool, and she's somebody I've kept in touch with every once in a while she, she's been she's awesome Alizé Johnson Jake Berger Anton Brookshire um there's a, there's a lot of them yes that's a that's a hard question because there are so many of them and they're all different different sports and oh different, yeah yeah different genders um okay what is your favorite sport to cover football football's yeah. got a, and the high school football's gotten so much better in the area yes. to where it wasn't that at the beginning mm -hmm. it was a it, it would have lent, lent, leaned more towards basketball in the beginning but football's gotten so good in the area and msu mm -hmm. football's gotten better when it, when it was bad it was bad i didn't right. want to i wanted to stay as far away from that as possible right right well i'm yeah they definitely are are going in the right direction what is um what are your pet peeves when you're interviewing people Coach speak, uh, just the basic <laughs> stuff. The bites, yeah. Oh, the just the basic bites. stuff. It's just like, oh, I want to give credit to the other team, and I make fun of that. Yeah. Um, I, I don't want the cliche answers and everything. I want mm -hmm. I want them to say something, and yeah. uh, there are coaches around here that are getting better at that. Right, yes. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely think that the cliche things are overused for sure. But I can't say that I didn't use them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to say. If I didn't want to talk about it, I would just give the sound bite and move on. And But, yeah, I think it is a habit sometimes yeah. for that. Um, it, that's probably one of my biggest rants right now uh, is, you know, with the NCAA um, basketball tournament, one of my biggest problems is when they are interviewing coaches at timeouts. Yeah. That is wrong in so many different ways. That is active coaching time. And whoever put that in their contract, I, I want to have a conversation with it. It's yeah. so wrong. I don't even care for the halftime stuff, but that's that's okay. That's all right. I can get over that. But during a timeout, yep. that's active coaching time. CBS is spending a lot of money to get those Ooh, uh, those like very it. insightful because we learn so much and, during but those. But that's what I'm talking about. That, they're not going to give you anything. Uh, yeah, you they're don't learn anything. You what oh, they're yeah. talking about in timeout, they're going to give you sound bites. Oh, it's yeah. worthless. It's, it's terrible. Yes, boo. All right, uh, what is one of your favorite series that you've covered? Series. Yeah, is, so uh, you've done some series. You've done some, uh, you know, like you're doing the Barry Hintons. Yeah. You know, the Missouri State Men's Basketball. What What are some of the – have you ever looked back and went, I really enjoyed telling that story? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the coolest one that I did – I bring up Anton Brookshire. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, it wasn't really just like a specific series that we did. But it was, I interviewed him his freshman year, 
I interviewed him his sophomore year, junior year, senior year. I got to watch that kid grow up into a young man right. to where he was this baby, baby face kid his freshman year. And I mean, <laughs> he had a he had a story behind him to where he had a sick mother um, who ended up passing away by his senior year. But we went through that his freshman year. He loses his junior. He, the Kickapoo goes to the final four his junior year. COVID hits. Right. So he gets rid of that. And then he comes back the next year and he wins state. So I, just watching the arc of his story and still seeing a little bit th- to this day, whether it's him going to different colleges and stuff, but watching him grow up, that was really cool. And I mean, just uh, there's a lot of other ones that are small, and I've been able to do that with other kids, but just watching watching a kid like that grow up to be somebody you want to root for the rest of their life, whether they're on they're doing sports or not. Um, that that was really cool, and I, I love that kid. It kind of sounds like you know the the stats and the and the names and the scores and all that is great, but you really like to tell the stories. Yeah, and that's yeah. something you don't think about when you get into this. Mm-hmm. You 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 you're just like, oh, I'm going to go to the game. I'm going to watch the game. Um, I'm going to be able to watch games for the rest of my life and write stories about it. But um, the way that I was taught my first year and just kind of grew into throughout the years. Uh, that's what I love, and that's what I want to do for you know, the rest of my life. All right. Well, keep doing it. Keep swinging. Keep swinging. Keep learning. Keep growing. Um, continue doing what you're doing, and, and thanks for the coverage that you do get to do. And um, I know that that is appreciated in our community to keep to keep that part of the news leader alive and growing. No, I appreciate that, and thanks for having me on. I've, I've, I've missed doing I've missed. Uh, Telling you how much you hate the Springfield Cardinals <laughs> and everything. That is not true. So, Springfield Cardinals, uh, I love you. Jenny loves them. <laughs> Go so, Cards. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I miss giving you a hard time and passing, but uh, yes. anytime, I uh, always love helping you out. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. And you can bring it on anytime and you I'll want. And I'll text you back quicker. Excellent. Excellent. Well, thanks for being here, Wyatt Wheeler, uh, catching up with him. And we're going to move into our post-game talk. Our post-game talk is sponsored by Story Construction. They've been providing high-quality industrial and commercial construction since 1966. Go to Story, S-T-O-R-E-E, dot com for more information. You know, we have a post-game talk tonight, and I want to talk a little bit about, you know, being able to find balance. You heard our guest tonight talk about finding balance and how important it is. You know, we all want to be successful professionally. We all want to be successful personally. We want to be able to put our energies in and we want to have that passion and that love for what we do and we want to make sure that we are stepping up to the plate and that we are working hard and that it's being recognized. We want to be successful. But it is so important, as my guest was talking about earlier, to step back every once in a while and find that balance in your life. It is very important and that's my challenge for you this week. Find that balance in your life that can help you be the best that you can be everywhere and not just a piece here and a piece there and a piece there to be able to put the whole puzzle together. It's going to be good for the people in your life and good for your mental health. And that's how champions do it. And I'm going to remind you as I do each and every week, be a good human and live your life like a champion. Live like a human champion. This is Jenny Hopkins, and this has been A Coach's Perspective. (laughs)